This is uh, this is Grant from Groupies. I hope you're doing well. We are talking about a album today, as we are doing on our A sides from this point onwards. Um, yeah, who wants to introduce themselves? Hey, I'm Hannah. <laughs> I'm Tom. I'm Emir. I thought you were Troy Bolton. Change? No, you can't bet no, on you that. Didn't change. Okay. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, today Take we're talking joke. about an album. But before we get to that, uh, how's everyone doing? How's everyone feeling about this this mystery album that I'm about to reveal? Um, well, without giving my, my feelings too much, I thought I liked Passion Pit more than I actually do. You just gave it away. I know. I'm just saying. Uh, like, without going into it in detail. Okay. Just steal your thunder right there a little bit. That's because okay. I felt that's how I, I felt listening to this. I was like, mm, interesting. I, have heat I share someone. a similar opinion. I liked it, but I thought that I was going to like it more than I did. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So the album that we're talking about is Passion Pit's Gossamer. Many of you probably thought it was referring to it was Passion Pit's game. first album, Manners, but that is not the album we're talking about. It's their follow-up. Honestly, they could Gossamer. probably have one album. This is the only one I've ever heard of. Gossamer? From them. Really? If you listen to Sleepyhead, their single, you probably have heard it at some point. It's yes, like their most yes, popular I have. song. Sleepy I think. Head. Yep, I Let's have. Do it at least. That how it goes? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, it's no way. Kinda. I was gonna say no. Sleepyhead. Like Sleepyhead is times ten of that. Yeah. Is a bop. Yeah. Yes, Sleepy it is. Really it's not on this album, but it deserves recognition. Sleepyhead was the song that got them started. Kind of like it was like I was like uh, pumped up kicks. Are for they Foster a married people. couple? Who? Goss. Goss game. Goss. What? Goss game. Passion Pit. Passion Pit? No, I'm saying like, because I don't like, I don't. It's It's a good segue because I'm going to introduce who Passion Pit is and why this album is important. And why they're not. The group is called Passion Pit. Correct. Yes. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, So Passion Pit is a band originally formed uh, by Michael Angelicos, Chris Hartz, Aaron Harrison, Fulb, Giuliano, Giuliano, Pizzolo, and Ray Swin. Um, Sounds like a lot of pepperonis. Passion. (laughs) Wait, who's the lead? Again? Passion Pit is mainly Michael Angelicos. Yes, I wanted you to say that again because I was laughing when I was reading about them today because his name is way too similar to Michael Angelo, but he's Michael Angelicos. So it's Michael Angelicos. He's he's basically Passion Pit. Like he has a rotation of people coming in and out and helping him and performing live for him, but pretty much it's the brainchild of him. Um, so I'm going to be referring to him a lot throughout this episode. Um, Michelangelo. Yeah, Michelangelo himself. Uh, so the name Passion Pit actually <clears throat> comes from, it's not like a deep meaning. It actually used, uh, do you guys know the the magazine Variety? Yes. Oh, no. So, Entertainment News. Yes. Um, they got their name, the Variety Slanguage Dictionary, which is a glossary of Variety's frequently used slang. Uh, which was provided by the Hollywood Insider publication to help not-so-savvy readers decipher its content. Um, the, since the magazine used the term to refer to drive-in theaters as passion pits, that's how they got their name. He's like, hey. It was looking at this very obscure article in Variety about this. Um, I don't know how to feel that's about that. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Like, hey, it. Mama Sauce, pass me the, the uh, Variety magazine. Hey. For record, I, he's, he's Greek. Really? I'm Italian. Wow, I mean, Angelicos. Names. It's know. like Greek name if I've ever seen one. Nah, it feels Italian to me. 
That's definitely Greek. What says Angel in the beginning? Yeah. I'm also I'm pretty sure it's Angelicos. If I'm pronouncing it wrong Angelicos, this entire episode, then you know, I mean it's so be fine. it. But uh, Michelangelo is what I'm referring to him as. Michael <laughs> first he's first started making music at Emerson College, um, Leonardo, which is in the, the East Coast. Uh, he was making music for his then girlfriend, which became their first EP, the Chunk of Change EP. Um, he would hand out the music on campus, and the two tracks that went big on the EP were Sleepyhead and Better Things. I saw you. I think you were listening to Sleepyhead. Tom. I don't have a lot of good service right now. I was trying, but the <laughs> first 20 seconds, uh, I don't recognize this whatsoever. Really? Okay. I'm listening to it right now. It's been everywhere. It feels like. Um, that no, was, oh, no. 20, 30 seconds in, I've never heard that song before in my life. Interesting. It, so it made actually a lot of video game soundtracks. It was also on Pitchfork's top 40 music videos of the year. And it was used in a lot of advertisements, even though it's kind of a weird song to use as an advertisement video and an, and an ad. Um, but it was relatively successful just from its appearances um, and its sync rights. So uh, he would typically do solo shows with the music that he made on this uh, this EP around the area, which was where he met the then members Ian Holdquist, Ayad Al-Adhami, Tom Plass, and Adam Levinsky, which if you were paying attention, that is an entirely different group of people than the ones that he's formed the band with. So this dude has a rotating cast around him constantly. Um, Never be in that band. Yeah. That's what you think. It's mostly just Michael and then a bunch of people, as I said. Um, it's like described. a panic of panic at the disco of India electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a really good comparison. Electric like, dance floor, yeah. I'm not sure if it's because of Angelicos or not. That was like pushing, pushing this people out because yeah. he is kind of a he sucks. He's a person that deals with a lot of trauma and uh, mental health issues. I don't know if Brandon here is anything like that. Oh, uh, he. I think he's a generally pretty happy person. Okay, I'm sure he's got his own issues. Yeah. So. Um, Passion Pit's typically described as Indie-tronica, and they're kind of described as like leading that movement of this indie electronic vibe, along with a few other bands. Um, they dropped their first album in 2009 called Manners, um, and in a preview article with Clash Music or it, ClashMusic.com commented that the album quote has every chance to rank as one of the year's best, and that it reveals additional nuances with each visit, uh, a surefire sign of an album with true longevity. So. Clashmusic.com was on the first little beat here predicting that Passion Pit would be around for years to come. And so far, they have. So Is that um, true? Have they, they had any hits after Gossamer? After Gossamer? Um, not the top, off the top of my head because I stopped kind of being a fan just because I wasn't into I mean, the they music had anymore. Two albums since then. If I'm if I look at it, I will recognize a few. Um I can't off the top of my head right now. I think Gossamer was like huge. It was huge. Um Back to Manners, though, uh, in this album specifically, the band actually used um, the help of the PS22 Chorus, which is a group of 60 to 70 fifth graders from Public School 22 in Staten Island. Um, hey. And this kind of makes themes that you can kind of find in Gossamer. That's why I included it, because you do have a lot of choruses in there, and sometimes you do get like these kid voices that come in and out, and I'm pretty sure it's because of PS22 and the work that, that they did with them. Um, so Manners was a really good debut album that set them up for um, the follow-up that was Gossamer. Um, I don't know if... Have you listened to Manners at all, um, uh, hey, uh, Hannah? Have you? I'm actually looking at it right now, and there's not anything off of Manners okay. other than Sleepyhead that I recognize. Okay. Moss Wings is the other really big song from that um, that album that made it on a ton of video game soundtracks as well. I would know that because I played FIFA 10, which that was featured I on... I like Halloween. FIFA has like every... Yes. Every bop. Yeah. They have a really good soundtrack year after year. But we're not talking about FIFA. We're talking about Passion Pit. Oh, um, dang it. 
I know. Darn. Uh, so right after Manners came out, Angelico said with in an interview with NME that he was already beginning the follow-up to Manners and that the band intended to release the album in the spring of 2011. Um, he said, it's going to be a really fantastic, exciting, beautiful, gorgeous record, an absolutely beautiful record. I'm so excited. And so um, the Gossamer title dropped on April 24th, 2012, and then it dropped uh, officially as an album on July 23rd, 2012. So he made an announcement for an announcement? Like Correct. He dropped it. Oh, I hate when people do that. Hey, when you're famous, when you're when you're riding the wave up, you, that's kind of what you do. Still don't like announcements for announcements. Feed them beat, bit by bit, right? Uh, uh, so, so far, the album has sold 216,000 copies in the U.S. as of April 2015. Couldn't really find any more recent numbers than that. I don't, I don't, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of all the stats before I get into Gossamer itself. Does anyone have any feelings that they want to get out there on the table before we get in? Not before we get in. I mean, no, uh-huh. hey, no. Is no, I think it was a good introduction. I think that um, it's important to talk about manners before you talk about this. I didn't. Like, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think I'm ready to talk about the album. So you said that like they're kind of known for leading the indie Tronica thing, kind of, but along with like MGMT and a few other groups, like I guess you could say like Group Love in some ways. They're really not that electronic though. Um, I didn't realize that like they were so ahead of the curve. Looking at the year 2012 for well, in 2009 especially for Manners, which has a really similar sound to Gossamer. Um. There's not a lot of other bands really doing it that kind of sound at that time, which I thought was interesting. Because I'm reminded of when we did the Foster the People episode, and he was talking, and uh, he was talking about Mark Foster was saying like he felt Foster the People was like pushing this new sound yeah. for top forty, and I, I kind of associate like pumped up kicks and like a lot of that stuff with like a lot of Passion the, Pit yeah. and Group Love and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, there's to see that they're so like spread out time wise mm-hmm. uh, is actually really interesting. Yeah, no, uh, it, it is interesting, and generally like. It'd be cool to do an episode about where indie is now because it has evolved so much from this sound that was like 2012 through 2014. Um, so Gossamer, um, this is an album that like got me into indie music. This was an album that like I actually didn't listen to the lyrics at first. Um, it was like all the sounds and everything like that. This is like I listened to this when I was like 15, so I didn't know what any of it meant, but it just like. Had a really cool sound to it, and um, it led me to find other artists like Young the Giant, Matt and Kim, Vampire Weekend, Small Pools, Generationals, like all of these really good groups in that same time frame making music. Fortunately, I don't listen to like most of them anymore. Um, why? why? I don't. I don't know why. why. I just that? like stopped keeping up with them. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I feel like you I listen up. to a lot of the bands you just mentioned, but I listen to their only their older stuff yeah. when I do listen. Right. To them. Like Vampire Weekend's older stuff. Actually, that's not true. Small Fools has some. They just were. They're really. They have some newer stuff out that I've heard that's pretty good. Yeah. So this was like something that really got me into it. Also, like Group Love was another big influential Mm -hmm. um, band for me. I was gonna actually try and get them on in a future episode. Not the band, but the album, uh, their first album. The band. Amir just jumped. Hey, he was so shocked. Yeah. Whoa. I have a personal connection, you know, out there. Yeah. Um, so Gossamer itself, it's 12 songs. Um, let's, let's start talking about them. What you, you, what you, why is the iTunes one always <laughs> different? I don't understand. It's always there, a bonus track. Genius, Genius also has 13 and it, uh, it has American, American Blood. Blood. Hey. I am like not, exclusive? I'm not aware of, <laughs> hey. of American Bloody. Blood. I've never listened to it. Me neither. I have no idea what it's never, about. it wouldn't play for some reason. 
So we're just going <laughs> to skip that. It really would. It was, it was grayed out. I don't know it's haunting what, you. Yeah, it is. I want to hear it. So take a walk. Have you guys heard this song? Take um, a walk. So many times. Yeah. This is was one, one of the two that I had heard before. That was okay. a sentence I was about to say. So okay. yes, same. So obviously, one this of the is, two that I bumped before you yeah. picked yes. this album. It was in every car commercial yep. and every Super Bowl commercial of that year. So this was the band's most popular single ever. Uh, oh, it was literally everywhere in like 2013. It was in Forza, a Taco Bell commercial, Guitar mm. Hero, MLB 2K13, a Skyrim trailer. Oh my god! You name it, it was probably in it. That's really weird. This just thinking about the lyrics and like the yep. vibe this song gives off, yep. and matching it with Taco Bell and Skyrim makes no sense to me. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the map of Skyrim is pretty big. Yeah, you got to walk mean, around. Hey, take yeah. a walk. Um, it's walk. charted. It charted on uh, at twenty four on Billboard's top forty, and it stayed in top tens and twenties charts for like alternative and other sounds uh, for a couple weeks. So like. It decently made the charts, but it was more so like a commercial success. Um, and the song itself, as you know, is like a really sad song. Um, mm-hmm. Or not sad yeah. necessarily, yeah, but it's really like real. hard-hitting. Touch, yeah, touches hard on hitting some, his wife. some real, yeah. Yeah. real talk. <laughs> and this idea of sadness to a really, really happy tune is a common theme that we'll talk about a lot during this episode. And it's actually going to be Teaser. our B-side it's album. It's our B-side I mean, Episode that we're going to be talking about uh, about sad lyrics mixed with happy just sounds, happy sounds, or maybe just different contradicting things in music that, that happen. Not sonically. to not to beat the dead horse, but like since I don't normally pay attention to lyrics a whole lot, like when we decide, <laughs> <laughs> we are called out. When uh, so like when I had to listen to this for lyrics, I was like, yeah, this 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 is a lot. Yeah, more <laughs> it, it is more impactful than I had realized before. I'm like, got some good percussion. Yeah. I'm in. I, I like this. Yeah. I'm like, I'll you take a against walk. It? Everywhere I go. Yeah. So to explain the song specifically a little bit a little bit further, um, Angelico said himself that the song is really about his family. Each verse is about a member of his family at one point in their lives, um, from the immigrant selling flowers outside Penn Station. Um, and in a way, the song is also about him. It's about very specific family members, the male hi- hierarchy, and how the men in my f- and his family have always dealt with money. Um, he's always been really fond of a lot of his family members and not so fond of others. A lot of these men are very conservative, socially very liberal, but for some reason they all came here for capitalism and they all ended up being prey to capitalism. I'm not making any political statements or anything, but it's ironic. And it's Libertarians. Sad. Ah. Mm. Uh, so if you it's did a powerful to the lyrics, speech right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he said something too, I was going to put it in here, but I didn't, about like, he gave his thoughts on like how the song was so popular and was like in commercials, like with Taco Bell. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. Well, hey, I mean, he was like just Taco really Bell, mad about it. Like, you yeah, know, take a it walk happens. To the toilet, you know. Yeah. So he he didn't care. Not really. He thought it was like a interesting thing to happen to this type of song. Like, yeah. Just because he made it sound happy all of a sudden, and then yeah. like has a really good chorus, like I mean, boom, it's everywhere. I like. Mm-hmm. I am. I, um, I prefer. I like it that he's just like eh, whatever. Like, I what mean, can you do, right? Like, Pumped Up Kicks had the same yeah, sort of yeah, deal. Yeah, except Mark Foster was like, oh, these hipsters are going to be jamming to it, and it sucks. And he's like, meh, okay, I don't yeah. really care. No, Michael is kind of it. like, whatever. He's It's not like some sort of ploy against the hipsters yeah, or anything like that. So, um, yeah, the first verse is sung from the perspective of an immigrant, which I never even noticed this until I really looked into it. But it's about uh, an, immigrant, an immigrant coming to a new country, which was America, and discovering, like... The foreign country, what it's like to be alone but full of hope. What does he do with all of this? He takes a walk. And that's a thing that you'll see throughout this song. People take walks. Mike himself <laughs> said he Spoiler. Takes, 
him and his family actually took a lot of walks when they the were son. young to deal with the problems that he faced. He had a lot of family trauma, and so, Wait, so they, they would all take, walk. They together? would literally take walks, take like, a lap, man, take cool walks, down. talk about things. Yeah, that's uh, that's where this at least I relate. Comes Very nineteen fifties Leave It to Beaver. Eh? What? Yeah, yeah. Uh, take a walk, sport. The second verse <laughs> itself focuses on like a middle class American during the recession just recently in two thousand eight. Um, he's feeling intense pressure for nearly being out of money and then learning his wealth is entirely gone. What does he do then to, to you know, process all of this? He goes, and oh, takes a oh, I got it. I yeah. thought that was what it was going to be. The bridge focuses back on the second verse where the father is telling his wife that they've lost all their money because of bad investments. Um, he wants one last hurrah before they're really fucked. So he's like, let's just party and forget everything and then wake up in the morning and like sip coffee and chill, but and then be poor. Eh? He takes a walk once more to figure this out. Um, so oh, it's smarter funny. choice to the soup kitchen. Smarter Not only choice. did Angelicos feel meh about the song and commercial, but he actually hated the song. Ah, I can see would you that. believe it? I can well, see really? it. His own song. He hated the song. A lot of people do. Wait. They hate their big songs. So in an interview with Time That's Out, true. which is a New York magazine. He said he's not the first person to hate their single. I didn't even really want it to go on the record, but I found it interesting because it talked about like my genetics before going into myself and my life. These are all true stories. This is my grandfather and so on. It was about how they dealt with strife. And obviously the way I've dealt with strife was extraordinarily unhealthy. That's a lie. And that's the point. How is it a true story? How does he know for a fact that his great grandfather was walking around He's Greek. The old, he must have. I, like, I don't know. Old, he has, has he's York. Greek. He must have walked like, around his, at some point. I guess so. His old New York, I mean, old old America, when it was first made, he's walking around. That's a lie. Did you say why he hated it? lie. Because he's a liar. That's why. I don't really know. Well, before you said like. That's all he kind of mentioned in that article. Before you said that like he felt distanced or whatever from some of his male relatives because they were like conservative. And I guess that the that bridge at the end, like. He does like take shots at the left side, so maybe that's why. Because he's he's like, oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't actually want that to be the popular. And, and he that, said in a few interviews, like he really isn't trying to make political points. And that's like the one he's of the most pointing out the memorable like, lyrics to capitalism, me, like even before, like I started listening to him, like that we can rip apart those socialists and all their damn taxes. That was like the one line that, like, other than take a walk, that I like I think, knew. Yeah, I think he's also trying to like portray what his family feels yeah. like too. So of course, you know, it's a socialist fault for, for bringing us down, even though it was sure actually just is. a bunch of wall street bankers. Mm-hmm. That oh no. Socialist. All the taxes stuff. we got to pay. Yes. That's socialism. Yes. Um, so I liked this because like, obviously the chorus is amazing. You sing it, you get the tune stuck in your head. Um, we're all humans. I wrote, we're all humans doing the same things in life. Just trying to move ahead. No, we're That's not. what this made me think. Of. I do like You're it. not trying to move ahead. Dogs aren't. You're walking backwards. Okay. You say dogs are? No, dogs aren't oh. trying to move forward, so we all aren't. I don't get. Not gonna pretend to understand that. Uh, I like this song a lot, and looking at the lyrics, I think it's it. It really is a lot better. Michael, <laughs> uh, I I, I don't know if I've ever Santa? addressed this on the episode on episodes, so but sometimes our roof will crack, and usually it's really well timed. So like when we're talking about someone or something, like. Last episode was like DJ Khaled or like, I don't even know, but we were like shit talking someone and then the ceiling creak. Anyways, uh, that's them. They're coming for us. As you'll see throughout the album too. From um, the roof. Angelicos like really. Down the chimney. <laughs> Angelicos really suffers from bipolar disorder and he talks about this a lot. Um, but he actually had to cancel their upcoming tour for this album because he had to seek medical help. So it's like something that he just 
not only writes about and he's like okay now, but like it's constantly affecting him. Um, so that's what he's writing about he's a writing lot. About everything. I'll be all right. Is the next song. Did anyone have any thoughts to wrap up? Take a walk. I think I know that it's a big song. It is impressive, both instrumentally and lyrically, and it's cool that it's a true story. So it's interesting to look into the song as itself. I think that it's really weird that it ended up on the types of commercials that it did. There's just a lot to say about that song, but yeah. I think I think we wrapped it up well. Have I you did. seen the music video? Never. No, actually, it is really cool. I recommend yeah? you all watch it. It's a it's walking? a camera. Is no, it no, no, walk? no. In the music it's video. not. Oh, it's so he a, sits the whole. No, time. it's oh. a camera that follows a bouncy ball bouncing through a bunch of different scenes. Wait, like it's really. I weird. might have seen this actually yeah. then. It jumps through like windows, seeing a bunch of shit happen, jumping back Who out of windows, it? jumping down the road. I don't know. I just remember seeing that wow. a long time ago, I just, and I was like, yeah. I just want to know great. where this bouncy ball is now. I want to know what else it's seen. It's a beautiful music it's video. It's taking a walk. It's, it's super cool. Eternally taking so a walk. So I recommend you go look up on YouTube the music video. Um, Any other comments? I'm going to move on to the next oh, song. Yeah, go on down to the... Yeah, that's kind of it, right? I'll yeah. Be All Right is the next song. Yeah. And here is Angelico is really diving into his men mental issues. He's claiming to be all right when he's not, as he suffers from these manic episodes, and he's intensely mentally ill. Um, you wouldn't guess it from the music itself because it's very optimistic, saying, I'll be all right, you know, like a really indie message here of like, yeah. everything's going to be all right, you know, no, whatever. That, when I uh, was going through... Because I listened to it one time without looking at lyrics at all. And then I was like, I was I was doing a number two. <laughs> as people do. Yes, yeah. as humans do when they take walks. And I pulled my <laughs> phone out. <laughs> I pulled my phone out and I pulled up the lyrics. And I was like, whoa, this is sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I immediately messaged Grant like, this is fucking depressing. Yep. But it was upbeat beats. And yeah, happiness. Yeah, it totally is. And it's really high BPM. Too. It is. Did you like this song? Uh, no. Oh. Had high BPMs. That you can barely hit the lyrics. Like, what's going on? <laughs> it wasn't as memorable to me. I Maybe it's because coming up Take a Walk is like it's such an anthem. Yeah. yeah, that I was like, yeah, okay. Hmm. Uh, to Pitchfork, he said, because uh, he mentions Christy in this song, which is his ex-girlfriend, but he said he was really terrible to her. He scared her a lot. He attempted to jump out of the window of their apartment, and she tackled him to the floor. He was paranoid, and he thought his career was over. She tackled... Wait, what? Okay. The, she tackled him to the to floor the to window. keep him from jumping yeah. out the window. He was in a manic episode. So was he like, all right, I don't even want to deep dive. Yeah, no. No. He's he was really sure. just sick. Yeah. Uh... Any other comments about I'll Be Alright? It's one of my favorites. I like Not it? because of the content, but because of I like the, the, the opening. Yeah? Like, so he's kind of you, telling so everyone So you mean not because of the instrumental content? Oh, no, I like that as well. Like, production's good, but I like I'll how he's that. emphasizing that, like, anyone in his life should leave him and that he'll be all right. Whether that's true or not from a mentally ill person, I don't know. Like, sometimes you can't believe that from the person themselves, but... It's At often the it's least, often the attitude though. He's self aware of it's how often much a, pain he's causing. A, it's often a um, defense mechanism. Yeah, and you know damn well that they're not going to be all right. Yeah. So like, I just it speaks truth. I like appreciate it for that, even though he has been a shitty person. Yeah, it's like been the, a strong message. Like there's the also something thing. about you know if you're gonna say like being a shitty person, like there's all there's there's always something about someone who 
can acknowledge the things that they did and yeah. apologize for them and be like, hey, I'm sick. I'm not using that excuse because I did this and this and this thing, but I'm going to write this song and I'm going to try to apologize and be real <laughs> about what I'm going through instead of, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'll walk back my statement. This song is not that bad. I don't like the intro is what I don't like about the song. Whoa, I think the intro is the uh, best part of this The song. electronic, like, yeah, whatever that thing. It just doesn't feel like it matches the rest of the song, which oh, no, I actually do all. am okay with. But It's I like the feel- big drums, right? The rest of the song? Or no, the intro? The intro is like the... No, not that part. It's like... Is that what you're going to call it a drum? I guess maybe. Yeah, they're like big kicks. Yeah. Or Tom sounds, right? No, it's like little, like little, like oh, the little little screech, yeah, 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 in between. I uh, hate that. I love that. That's I, like passion fit to a T. I don't, yeah, I don't like that sound. Bunch of vocals. So I'm okay with the rest of it, but I don't like the little like <sighs> shrieks. But yeah. you also like and money. Um, same thing. So yeah, that's an interesting song. Um, kind of back to back, really hits you in the feels type of uh, album. Then he gets onto the song called Carried Away. Um, this is described as his favorite song on Gossamer. It's specifically about his continuous mental health struggles. There's some really simple lyrics in here, but powerful. I, one that I particularly liked was all your appeal, once again, will feel it. Higher education, making sense, justify your thesis, certain that you need this. Tell me what your point is in defense because when he, <clears throat> during his times with, I think he had a couple of girlfriends during like the time of him writing this, like he consistently was in arguments and Cheating. relating it a lot to like what they were dealing with. So like in this case, his girlfriend was going to law school or something like that. And he specifically pointed out like his arguments in that, like he would make fun of her education and stuff, which is, yeah. It's just, I make fun of someone's education. I, Ooh, being, look at you. I don't know. Your Have you ever heard the nerd. entirety of college dropout? Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Pause. I'm saying, how do you like make fun of good. someone? Yeah, yeah. I get what like, you're saying. Like, look, like saying, like, look at you, nerd. Look, look at you opening your law book. Yeah, he's like saying, justify your thesis. Yeah, and, yeah, justify yeah. your fucking life. Yeah. Skit number two, <laughs> college dropout. No, hold on, that's about getting degrees. She hasn't even got a degree yet. He's not making fun of the degree. Making fun of the process. This is my favorite song on the album. Whoa. So I agree. <laughs> So, <laughs> really? <laughs> that wasn't needed. So I I, I, I like the message and I, and I like the upbeat nature and it feels like there's a pretty good balance. Whereas I feel like I'll be alright is like super heavy percussion where it's like yeah. you you were really like in here you said like it, it, it almost overwhelmed the vocals. But where this one I think there's a really good balance between having the vocals be prominent but sure. not like too much so. This is so weird because like you usually don't like vocals so it's usually the opposite. Some, I'm just very picky. So like oh so you like let me say this. 95% of vocals so let me, like, eh, let me say this but that little five. Let me say this. So with the Kanye album. Going I didn't back, say anything no, about that. I'm just saying going, the Kanye oh, okay. album like since that's like I don't have any I don't relate to Kanye even a tiny bit but like this music I can be like yeah okay I do relate to that and I think that's the difference is that like if I don't relate to it it's like eh, I don't oh, give a like, crap what they're lyrics. saying. So you relate to Lil Pump. I don't care about his lyrics. I mean, but like you still can quote the lyrics. No, that's different, I think. <laughs> I, I, I mean, all right. Hey. This is just, irrelevant. Just explain, just just away. I'm just saying, explain your thesis. That's let's, all I'm let's saying. Not, let's not get carried <laughs> away, a, guys. Uh, I gotta, this is irrelevant uh, to passion. Explain story. your thesis. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Carried Away is like the only song on the album 
currently that is something that I would search out when I wasn't listening to the album yeah. just to jam to. I've heard it's one of their songs. It's, yeah. it, I think it's something that everyone kind of bops around to super easily. It's one of their super popular ones. I think Grant was about to say that, mm-hmm. but it's it's notable to say that on Spotify it's their third most popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've heard this song before, but I don't remember where. Yeah. It's Spotify it also has ha- like half as many listens as Take a Walk, which I thought was crazy because in my mind, Carried Away is like right up there with it. Mm. But I guess it's just like massively different. 59 is a lot. There's also, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but um, so Angelicos wanted people to make a bunch of remixes to this. So he made a remix competition and uh, our boy Tiesto, I don't know if you ever listened yeah. to Tiesto's song. Mm-hmm. He made a remix to it and I've heard it a thousand times and it's really decent. And that's all I have to say about it. But it, I always think of that remix every time I listen to this song. I don't know Interesting. Why. Yeah. It's hard. I try to be open-minded, but I have this thing against remixes where I just, I'm not, I'm not a remix person. Oh, I mean, there's, there are some remixes that exist that I like, but very few. You gotta like make a super. The OG song or nothing. Yeah. Well, almost always. Not always, but you gotta make a really, really decent remix for me to put up with it. How about in the case, and this is a tangent, what about Dean remixing, uh, oh, what's the song? Dante's Creek or something like that. So if you think about that, um, they are the people who, they, the band that he did the cover of, they are the people who originally took what that song was, which was like Dawson's Creek, and turned it into Dante's Creek. So Dean didn't really do the remixing. He did a cover of the remix. You see what I'm saying? Like so they, in this case, it's the not band a they, remix. not really because the remix he covered their remix, but they were the ones that changed that song and made it into Dante's Creek. Okay. Anyways, uh, constant constant conversations is the next uh, song on this album. This is entirely about his alcoholism, alcoholism, and um, it's a lot darker than it sounds. Like this is one of the most darker songs on this album. Um, I love the beginning this song it's it's a powerful song to say the least um how does the beginning go again it was like the beginning in like the sound of it is what caught me because it was a lot of first of all which is something that should be said is that this man has such a high register oh <laughs> like, yeah he His sings was ridiculous. yeah and so constant conversations was like a mixture between it was him going back and forth with like a falsetto to um, kind of a contrasting sound. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but the push and pull of the beginning of this, um, the beginning of this song, sound wise, is what got me. I thought it was like very like, not really R and B, but like a smidge. It's a little slower. Yeah, it's slower. Mm-hmm. How do sure. you feel about it, Tom? I don't know. To be honest with you, after Carried Away, everything else, nothing really was like okay. super. I'm not gonna it, lie. It stood out to me a whole lot. You would have had a conflict if you said you like this song. Oh yeah. Because I would have been like, this is a little too slow for you. This no, is I feel like you feel. I feel like after carried away. I liked it because I'm like, I like don't. For for me, it doesn't. I'm not really like a strong like. Needed to be fucking wild fast. Like I'm just kind of like, also liking like R and B a little bit. It was mm-hmm. like I like this. Yeah. It was like really like relaxing and like it was depressing. Yeah, but if you don't look at the lyrics, it's like really relaxing and like, oh, let me you know open my window up in the morning mm-hmm. when I wake up and get my day going. So, to Pitchfork, uh, he said about this song, his drinking got out of hand. The dark times became a lot darker, and he was relying more and more on his fiance to balance out his bad habits, which, of course, is not the way to do things ever in a relationship. 
Um, this song I'm specifically. Surprised, this is a tangent, but I'm surprised that with his behavior that he had a fiance during this time. Oh, yeah. considering shit. all he was doing was making fun of his girlfriends and um, making them keep him from committing suicide. Yeah, wow. he's just hark back to uh, torches. There's that whole song about dealing and dating somebody that has uh, mental health disturbances like that. So hmm. I think that some, a lot of people, a lot of times, it's like. I guess guilt. Yeah, it's like, like if you leave. Yeah, it's kind of like. So you feel like you feel like uh, like you're you have you're to like trying to. I feel like that, that song on torches was him saying that he very willingly wanted to though. I know. Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying is like with her is like maybe that's how it was. What song was that called? Maybe. I don't remember which one it was. Okay. I can't remember that. Um. Anyway, the song itself here is about um, this alcoholic, in this case, Angelicos, uh, is really consistently hurting his relationship and his lover. Old habits are dying really hard, and he continues to do it. The only thing he's consistent about, in this case, is drinking, not attending AA, not getting better. He's very inconsistent about trying to stop. Um, a great genius annotation that I found was, uh, it's the strange discussion of a man obsessed and his confused lover trapped in an unwelcome relationship by habit. So although the man fully knows that his girlfriend slash fiance will leave at some point, he believes that the comfort and ritual will keep her around for the time being acting slightly mad. The drunk man is ranting about his feelings, making little sense and clearly losing his touch on reality, which I think wrapped it up nicely. I think the strongest part of this song is the vocals. I think it's really, I think it's a lot of the songs on this album to me sound very similar. Yeah. But Constant Conversations is not. I think that vocally it seems, it's just. I think this is also one of the longer songs in terms of like, there's a lot to. That was something I realized with this album was the length of the songs. They're like, like two five minute songs and a lot of the rest of them are like four minute, like 45 Mm -hmm. second songs. I was Mm -hmm. like, these are some long songs you got going on here, Passion Pit. Yeah. Um. Any other feelings about this? I, this, this is current, also a good probably song my for me. least favorite, okay. just because of how slow it is, and that's yeah. not like my thing. I love the Tommy Mir brand. It works. You gotta stay on brand. <laughs> Consistency is key over at and more studios. So Miritsi is the next song. Um, this I don't have a ton to say about. It's another song about his alcoholism. Um, it's originally inspired by a poem written by Gu Cheng. Uh, I don't really have much information about that other than that's what was some of the inspiration here. Originally written by who? Uh, Gu, Gu Cheng, G-U, Gu Cheng. I don't no. know. Um, was there's this, an annotation. Was on, the opening sampled before? I don't know what it was sampled on, but like that very like opening, like five seconds. I can check real fast, but I don't think so. Not that I know of, no. All right, because it feels like it was sampled on something. Like I've heard that before. Um, this is mainly a song about Angelicos like looking around trying to find self reflection and he's looking in a sea that's like got waves bouncing all around and he's not able to really reflect correctly. Um, there's another annotation from Genius that was really nice that like threw this together really well in ways that I couldn't. So in this case, mirrored and waves are juxtaposed. A sea that reflects anything cannot have many waves. Ezra Ezra I don't know where Ezra comes from. The person is not seeing the waves on the sea. He's seeing the sea reflect himself. His own internal struggle and outward chaos bounce off of everything in his life, uh, giving the world an appearance of a turbulent sea that is really just a, a reflection of his own issues. So it's a really powerful song for him, I'm sure, just like looking into this sea that's metaphorically revealing all of his issues back to himself. Interesting song. 
lyrically. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, it's like I think it's okay. This is one of yeah. This is one of the ones that I kind of s- skipped over yeah. when I was like oh, li- I re re listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, from here we go to "Cry Like a Ghost," another uh, really. It's another song about his alcoholism. Um, from Pitchfork, he said during a manic period, he'd fallen in with some bad friends that encouraged his bad habits. <clears throat> friends like the Sylvia addressed in Gassimer's Cry Like a Ghost, a bright beam of a song that originated from an abandoned beat created years before rap for rapper Jay Electronica. Really? Yeah. yeah uh, so in this song, really, it's just Angelicos can never shake his issues and problems. He continues to be an alcoholic and the- even combines it with other addictions like pharmaceuticals beginning of this i think that instrumentally this song is fun actually i don't think there's an instrumental i dislike on this album in general no but there are some i would say that roughly around half of this album i like significantly more than the other half Mm, these are one of the ones that i like i will say also that um another slower song here what i said oh no 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 i mean it's like I don't know. I was going to say that I like how every time you read like one of his songs, it goes, and this is another song about his alcohol yeah. addiction. Yeah. And, uh, dude's a really troubled person. Yeah. When it comes to that, I'll keep I reading. wonder if he's doing any better. Cause like he's a really troubled person around the time of this album. I wonder if his, the latest albums, you said you haven't really been keeping up, I'm but I wonder sure if is. they're about like different content. Um, that'd be interesting to Maybe look that's into. Why they're not as I should have done that, but. Which in turn would make you wonder if if he is, then mm-hmm. would he make very different music, you know? Yeah. Um, so regardless, uh, is yeah. Sylvia it, also another girlfriend? Yes. Yeah, yes. He, was, he had a lot of Actually, he had a career for him. I think I Sylvia is, yeah. Yeah, I think it's another song. He made songs about like 50 women by now. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, he made songs about himself, feature, oh, yeah, featuring yes, about yes, mentions of about different different about, women. Yeah, this is a song that I really like. On my way is the next song. Uh, while many songs are sad on this album, this one's also probably up with um, what was the other song? Constant conversations, really depressing. Um, but I personally really like it. It's an ode to his fiance that is ready for it all. He's ready for the marriage, the future, everything. He says even in here. Quote, I wouldn't consecrate ca- this messy love. I wouldn't consider this sad. I wouldn't consider marriage. He has, there is like, <laughs> that is <laughs> true but irrelevant. Oh, <laughs> I thought we were just, you know, commenting. Okay, fine. It's relevant. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, But I think that, never mind, I'm off my game now. I'm just saying. I forgot what I was going to say. You, were, you I forgot too, but I'm just saying. I mean, oh, you said you wouldn't consider it a sad song. Oh, no, I wouldn't. I think that there are some like sentences in here where he kind of vaguely addresses what he's been going through, which yeah. might add a sadder tone to it. But overall, I think it's because of what you said of you just, you know, him just being like, hey, I'm on my way to patch up all the messy stuff. We're going to do this thing. Which I is think it's a happy song. A complete like opposite to I'll be all right. Right. Or he's like, just go, just leave me. I'm going to be fine. Just leave me versus yep. here. He's like, you know, what? I'm ready for this. Let's get married. Let's do the thing. I'll get better. That my friends, that my friends is called like mania. Yeah. It's very, because you have completely that. different attitudes and opinions depending on whether or not you're having an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, I didn't even really pick that up yeah. until now. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't tell Grant it's going to be okay. It's nothing to do with him. Oh, I'm not mad. sorry. I didn't yeah. know. 
Trust me. I, I didn't know if you were like, this is why, you know, I relate. No, 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 no. A lot. I just, <laughs> you want to be honest? I liked it because of the sounds. Which I, I don't want to assume things, but I feel like if thing. Grant had uncontrollable manic bipolar disorder, <laughs> we would be able to tell working with him <laughs> every he's week. He's on the up of this you year. Know what? Just because of that, from this song outwards, like, I'm just going to be a different person. You ready? Yeah, oh, like, wow. Okay. Bring it on. No, I know this, <laughs> song. this is another song about this guy's alcohol addiction <laughs> oh my that God. I relate to. Because I went through it. Because I have one, too. For the last 10 years of my this life. you from last year? Huh? Oh, you heard him. I didn't hear him. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> oh. Do <laughs> 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 you know? Oh, deafness is back to, the, back to the album. Back to the album. It's in and out. Back to the album, folks. We're talking about the next song called Hideaway. This is about a nurse in a mental hospital that told Angelicos not to further his music career. He said in a quote that he should, uh, the nurse said, I should never be a musician because everything I do is just going to be analyzed and criticized and I just gonna, I'm just going to put myself out there and it's all going to deteriorate. Um, so in this song, it's actually not. As his album is getting reviewed by a podcast. Yeah. Angelicos. Yeah. Yeah, a podcast in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, <laughs> yeah. six years from yeah. when this album was yeah. made. Exactly. Uh, in this case, the song is actually not like featured around Angelicos. It's, instead, he uses a young girl to display the story. So the girl in this story knows that she can give to others as much as she gets from these people. It's kind of like getting bullied in school where it's like you can get all this thrown at you at one time and you really want to get it back out to the others and you know you can so but you like you don't want to and you cope yeah, yeah. basically by doing other yes. things and it's really harmful and terrible in your head and it's a terrible cycle that like um angelico's hears pretty often because he's hearing all these things about how people hate his music or people love his music and he can just come out and say whatever he wants to say but he just doesn't and instead he gets drunk or yeah. you know self-medicates so um Smokes. He, he he shouldn't he do, he can lash out but he won't is basically what what he's talking I about. I feel here. that that's deep. Yeah, I'm a part of that. I feel like as a musician, as you and even as like a person, you face that a lot in Especially life. Especially when you're like have a huge song. But this is before the music was huge. But, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I I specifically like this song. Um, I feel that. I like this. It has a really nice composition to it, personally. Yes, it does. Agreed. Any other opinions? I just want to know what two veils to hide my face is about. <laughs> um, because it's like 30 seconds long it, it acts is, like an interlude but right it, it doesn't say interlude it's a very short ode to his fiance from genius uh, there's an annotation the support of nature aligning secretly with love the message is clear the feeling can survive forever that is love but it's like 30 seconds long like an interlude except for it's not in the middle of the album no it's not it's like three fourths down the album mm-hmm. I like it though I don't dislike it. Just confuses me. I'm like, yeah, I, no. I was like, oh, okay. What's this about? It's over. It okay. definitely throws you off. Yeah, I don't really understand what the goal was, but it's there. I'm wondering if it was just like something he didn't want to throw away and decided to put it somewhere in the middle of the album. Yeah, I don't know. Song, maybe it could be. Anyways, "Love Is Greed" is the uh, the next song. This is a really good song, it's in my bop. opinion. This is a bop. yeah. I like Love is Greed. So he said in Pitchfork that he was very carnivorous. He just thought he was going to ruin someone else's life, which we've already seen in like several of these songs He's previously. Several women's And that lives. someone was well, going to be impeding on his don't life know if too. Their lives were ruined. I don't know how to make sense of love or lust, and that's why that's I write a lot about it. In a literal level, life does not love does not make sense, but that what makes it love, which is uh, something like deep this, if I've ever seen like it. Fake deep. 
It's fake deep. Yeah, like it's But deep. it's also true to a degree. I mean, yeah. Like lo- lo- you like lo- you you engage in love, right? Because you don't know what the fuck it is sometimes. That's like what makes it fun. Love you have these like green. innate desires in your yeah. human being yeah, I mean, to get deep. Which I think sometimes is what makes like the whole love is greed a relevant argument because people are self-centered as nature and an, as their nature in an animalistic way. So it's like even when you love somebody else, you're kind of loving them for your own benefit. Yeah. I think that's what he was touching on was and, like a being yeah. with you makes me happy kind and, of a thing. And this song specifically, like he it constantly acknowledges that like love is both this thing where he's like connected to his lover and like loves her for these, this, 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 and this. He also says love is like a thinly veiled disguise of like selfishness and fear and pain. It allows him to like inflict things sometimes in the name of love versus like giving things in the name of love. He says love isn't about love at all sometimes in the chorus specifically where he's fixing, it's about fixing ourselves rather than like loving other people. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes this doesn't work and Angelus is, and Angelico's case, he projects his worst side to his lover because he says love is just a coping mechanism for his own issues. So in his case, like in someone's troubled case, sometimes love is just literally a coping mechanism, which is terrible for the I other think, person involved. Yeah, and I think that when you look at his album as a whole and you see the um, kind of the opposite feeling songs he wrote to his fiance, that is very interesting because he's saying that in Love is Greed, mm-hmm. like any love I have is going to be a coping mechanism. And then he, you see, you know, these songs written about this one woman being written completely different than the songs about all of the other women. Exactly, yeah. I really feel like, yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing to look at lyrically. I think that um, that's often the case for people who are mentally ill, that that is the way it goes over for them with almost everybody. Maybe you find one person that it doesn't, and mm-hmm. he did, and he wrote songs about it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think Love is Greed is like a super relevant topic and this song specifically like brings out that like a lot of these songs i really haven't like i don't have an i've never gone through this stuff that he has so like i Mm. can't specifically say this is why this is impactful to me but i think why i like it so much is because like it's a really beautifully told story about all of this guy's issues and like even though i don't empathize with him in the sense that like i've committed these same things it's more like it's interesting hearing this story well, from like, someone else. Well, if you've else. ever been in like a toxic relationship, you can kind of. I haven't really been in one. It's deep. Yeah. It's really deep. I'm happy for you. I'm sorry. The like rest I... of us. <laughs> the weekend sings privilege in the background. This is a privileged experience for you to have never been in a. It has. Yeah. Absolutely. Confetti for grants. Like I've had issues, but not toxicity. Oh, you know? yeah. You know what? That's good. That's good. We should romanticize you know that type of normal. Thanks, Amir. That's the good normal. <laughs> yeah, that's a good normal. One thing. Um, toxic relationships 2019. Lyri- <laughs> lyrically, uh, that I think was the most stood out to me is when I was looking at the lyrics for this song and part of the hook, the end of the hook, it says, um, if we really love ourselves, how do you love somebody else? I thought this was super interesting because of the very popular almost cliche in my opinion phrase that has been going around social media the past couple of years which is you can't love somebody else until you love yourself or you can't love others without loving yourself you hear that everywhere and then this song the song says the exact opposite of that it says if we really love ourselves then how can we love somebody else and I think that touches back on 
the uh, kind of pitchfork commentary that you were reading earlier, where he said that every time that he loved, he felt like it was either impeding on his life or like the other person's. Exactly. And so he was kind of, you know, I kind of looked at those lines and I was like, do you mean like if you're so concerned with, you know, your own progress and what you're doing that you can't be that concerned with somebody else's Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I thought it was the opposite of, you know, what I, what you usually hear. Yeah, about that's love. a good point. I didn't and I was like, that's see really that. interesting. Well, it's not his fault. What do you mean? He's happy. His fault. He's happy. That's the next oh. one. Thanks for the amazing segue. I was too into here. it. I didn't, I didn't get what you're, um, so this song, uh, he wrote when he was literally fighting every single person in his life. And he said he can never be happy without being called crazy. So I don't also, I also don't know if I can relate to this, but Angelico specifically says life can beat you up. Uh, one of the things that sticks out most in this entire album is when he says uh, in this song, um, hold on, let me, I'm pulling up. Sorry, I couldn't be there. I was tied to a rocking chair. I was beat down to a pulp, rocking back and forth somewhere. Like, out of all the lyrics in this album, I don't know why, but that sticks to me because it's really fucking graphic and, like, awful. Uh, I don't, and it also is, like, really, like, vocals in this song especially are really punchy and out there. Um, and he acknowledges in this song that he doesn't really like to talk to his family about any of his issues that he has going on, which typically like when you are suffering like this, you reach out to the people that are closest to you. In this case, you go to your family or you isolate yourself, which is what he's doing. Exactly. So he says, uh, in this quote, he says, my family is stuff. You have to understand something when you go through issues with mental health, where they could have done something about it. You can imagine that gets a little awkward. What I set out to do by being open about bipolar is to destigmatize it. So families can be supportive earlier on because the longer you wait, the more likely the things that have happened to me will happen to someone in that scenario. Um, and then in that interview itself, um, like the interviewer kept asking more questions about his family and he was just like, not about it. He was just like, yeah, please, please stop asking about my family. Like he's got some scars for sure. Wow. So I, I didn't get that sense from this album until like here, um, where he really addresses that. Um, so yeah, he's basically saying like, fuck y'all. I'm happy. Well, you know, it's like they always say his scars are where they belong. Mm -hmm. I think this, um, I, I definitely can't relate to this. Um, cause I'm, I have an issue of actually being like the antagonist of this issue in society. But I think that this song is a great representation of how that one truly happy, positive person feels in a society and in a, may it be a family or a friend group or whatever, where they're truly happy and positive and trying to be progressive. And they're just surrounded by people who are like sad or Mm -hmm. negative or, you know, how can you be pleased in a world like this? And it's just him in the struggle of like, you know, pr- like people drain the life out of you because they have to be negative all of the time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and I thought I it was, it was so, yeah, it was different and refreshing to see a song like that because you usually hear songs about the opposite side of that and not the person that's like, hey, I just want to be, I just want to be happy and mm-hmm. positive. Stop. What? No, it was Mary J. Blind song. Oh my God. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's a good way to, to to wrap up that song. It's it's probably my favorite other than take. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I almost said take on me. <laughs> take uh-huh. a walk. Uh, last song here is Where We Belong. It's the, like the finale. I don't know what the 13th song was, it's, American Blood. I don't know anything about, about that. The Bloods of America. So this is the finale for me. I mean, no, not though. 
Um, oh my. This is, oh my. This is a wrap up on him talking about his mental issues. He's been in an asylum. He's hurt people. He's attempted suicide and he's gone through the worst. Um, the things he can't control, his mental issues, he argues shouldn't destroy his loved ones, but they end up doing it regardless. Um, there's a cool annotation from Genius once again where they, the writer says, after having the very spiritual existence or experience of seeing, in the, like in the lyrics of this song, he specifically says he's rescued by an angel. So after having that experience of seeing the vision of being rescued by an angel, it's taken him to a place where he feels at peace, where he feels loved and accepted. It's phrased where you belong because there are so many conflicting ideas, feelings and emotions at work in his own mind, body, and soul that is a collective acceptance to every facet of his being, which is, I think, a good way to wrap up the album in that, like, he is what he is, and he's consistently working and improving it. But like at the end of the day, he has to accept himself for who he is sometimes. And yeah. that was Gossamer. Yeah. So, how'd you feel? How'd you feel about Believe the album? Or not, there wasn't just three of us here today. So, Tom, how'd you feel? Well, like I said at the beginning, I'm like take a walk, um, and carried away are like the two that stood out to me the most. And I like those ones. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to connect to something, so that didn't fit in after you mentioned it. But you mentioned "Take a Walk." The music video was the bouncing ball, and you're like, "That's a really good music video." And I asked who directed it because I thought maybe it was uh, directed by this directing duo called Daniels. Because mm-hmm. and I look uh, while we were talking, and they directed a short film about a bouncing ball. But then I also saw that they like people that like goes around town. But then they also saw that they did direct. A passion pit song, uh, music video, which for which was for "Cry Like a Ghost," but it wasn't "Take a Walk." No, it was for it was a different. What the hell? You should watch the "Cry Like a Ghost" music video. It's really good. Daniels, I, I remember because I it was just after I saw Swiss Army Man, which I really liked. They directed that. Gotcha. And so I went through and watched a bunch of their stuff, and most of it is music videos. Okay. And so I knew I had seen the music video. I just couldn't remember what it was, and then I looked, and it's like a really cool like. Uh, it's about. I think they said it was about that uh, Sylvia. And it's about like her moving through relationships and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like shot really well. And they even have like an extended version. Okay. Um, that like it depends on the song on more than just the song did. And you should check it out if you if yeah. you like Passion Pit. I didn't even know about that. It's Passion a really cool music video. But I was like, wow, what a weird coincidence that I was like, I thought it was somebody else and they were involved, but <laughs> but as for the album, uh yeah, I think I personally I felt like so you said that like they have this thing where they talk about uh, sad stuff and it's happy but I felt like there was only a few songs that really stood out to me in that way and like Take a Walk and Carried Away and That's I'll fair. Be Alright I, I really stand saying. out and everything else was not as like uh, was not as like peppy as I was expecting uh, it was much more like in that zone but they did have songs their biggest songs mm-hmm. are that way and even in those songs I still feel like the the difference in between what he's talking about like if anything they're not like happy sounding, but at the very yeah. least are like mellow. Yeah, like I agree. They're still reigning in that positive category to some degree, which is like still a harsh disagreeance with what's happening in the song content mm-hmm. itself. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying too. But also, like I said, with the BNI that I ended up, I didn't realize that I, I liked pa- Passion Pit less than I thought I did is because I only was familiar really with Carried Away and Take a Walk. And <laughs> I was like, I, I'd seen the cover so much that I just felt like I knew more of their stuff because this was like, you know, those two songs were like heavy on indie playlists and, mm-hmm. and yes, rotations. Yes, they are. And so I was just so used to seeing that. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, Passion Pit, I know that. And then I would listen to this song, and I'm like, album, and I was like, just those two. Wow, I get why, personally, I yeah. get it. Okay, f- that's interesting. Yeah. 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 And I'm wondering if I liked it more than I do now because like, 
or that doesn't make sense. That's not what I meant to say. I, I wonder if I like the whole album versus like liking the two songs because I listened, I added the whole album to like a playlist that I constantly listen to. Like I'm wondering if it's just because of listening to so to all of it so much that I like it so much. I mean, it, like production wise, it's not bad or anything like that. Yeah. And it does, it is a very unique, like electronic sounds and stuff like that. And it's just, for the most part, was like too, a lot of the stuff was too mellow for mm-hmm. me. That's fair. I want to know how one cries like a ghost. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Boo hoo. That they... was groupies, A side, everyone. Uh, I don't think they try to scare you while they're crying. Well, that wasn't like a scare. Ugly crier. Yeah, you know. I guess I should start with seeing a ghost before I see a ghost cry, because I have never done the primary. Like a, yeah, I feel like starting out with just the crying ghost is a little too much. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I mean, hey. Did you guys have final thoughts? I feel like I was the only one that gave wrap up on uh, on Gossamer. Um, listening to Grant explain the backstory behind this made me appreciate the album more than it did when I walked in here. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm not like in love with the album now or anything like but I, I do appreciate it. But I have more yeah. respect at least for even if it's not like preference for the sound, I have more respect for the artist mm-hmm. than I did before. Mm-hmm. I thought it was solid. Well, like it was good. I was it anything you'd listen to again? Uh there'd be like a little pick and choose, you know. This would be like if they came on and said this is a playlist, not an album. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Like pick like two or three out of here, put it on a playlist, and call it a day. You know. Well, that's a success in my eyes. That mm-hmm. everyone somewhere found something to like. Yes, yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Um, what's yeah. the B side again? You wanna, so you the B side is related to this in that uh, we have a lot of it's really toxic relationships, especially in the year of 2018. There's <laughs> well, a lot of songs. The of your brand. There's a lot of songs out there that are um, that are talking about some really troubled things. And sometimes it'll be juxtaposed with uh, some sounds that don't portray that whatsoever. There's also on the on the opposite side of things that are talking. I, I don't see this as much, but really happy things that get fucked over by like a minor key or something like that. So we'll get into all that in the B side. Um, it should be really interesting. It's something I've wanted to talk about for a while. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you then. I'm Grant. I've been Grant. I mean, I've been, I've been Grant. I've been here. <laughs> I'm actually just Tom now. Oh. And Hannah. All right. And uh, if you want to follow us Why on do Twitter, we? I'm sorry. I just don't understand. Do we always know. do that at the no, end no, where we, we introduce ourselves it's again? It's been a while since I've hosted. So. I was like, what are we doing? No. Uh, if you want to follow us, if you want to follow us on Twitter, um, that'd be awesome. It's at groupies underscore pod. tweet about music. Uh, we try and interact with as many people as possible. So definitely hit us up there. You can also follow all of the Anmore Media uh, brands. If you go to um, the Twitter for at Anmore Media Co., you can follow all the people that we follow there. Um, it's all of the people behind Anmore, the brains behind it all, and the podcasts. So with that, uh, I think that's been it for the inside. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Catch you a little Wayne's house tonight. Party. <laughs>